Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is The Bread of Life. This is a program of the International Disciple-Making Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. You can go to traincpe.org to learn more about our work in over 40 countries. You can also find us through links at breadoflifeboise.org, where you'll learn about our local missions fellowship. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 tells us that God can work in us to such an extent that He can lead us to take every thought captive. In the ancient world, a conquering king would evacuate a city of its inhabitants and reestablish them in other places under his rule. That's the imagery that Paul is using. God can help us conquer all our thoughts and evacuate them out of their strongholds. And to live moral lives, we must first think moral thoughts. Paul is saying that there is a spiritual arsenal or weaponry that has been given to us that is not to be wielded in the power of the flesh or in human power, but in divine power that is capable of enabling us to take our thoughts, what we think, what we have in our minds, and literally seize them and hold them and hold them captive and lead them out from their place of entrenchment and exercise complete and total control over them. Now, that's a great verse. It's really encouraging to know that I can do that. My problem with Paul in 2 Corinthians verse chapter 10 is that although Paul says that he does these things, Paul doesn't, to my inquiring mind, explain exactly how he does it. He doesn't explain exactly what the weaponry is, and he doesn't really go on to articulate, unless you read the whole context of the book, he doesn't articulate how it is that you win this mental battle, how it is that you win this battle for the mind. And so the question still is, how do we win the battle of the mind? What is the spiritual weaponry that God has given us to use? I think we'll find the answer in a verse that most of you should know. It's Psalm 119, 11. It is a very simple verse. It has a number of words in it. Every single one of the words has only one syllable in it, except for one, and that's the word against. That's a two-syllable word. All the rest are one-syllable words, just very simple, plain words. There the psalmist declares and states what has been the means by which he is able to win the battle of the mind, the battle for mental morality. He says this, Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's it. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you the word. Ephesians 6 verse 17 says that we are to take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. And according to the psalmist, and let me share with you, the primary weaponry that God has given us in winning the battle of the mind, all the other weaponry that you'll read in Ephesians chapter 6 is all arsenal to protect you, but the offensive weaponry that you've been given is this sword of the spirit which is the word of God. The word is the divine arsenal needed for victory in the battle of the mind. And let's look at this passage in Psalm chapter 119, verse 11. Let's look at what the psalmist has written and let us begin to, just by looking at it in a very simple way, taking this very simple verse, extract five points. Five points that if we will begin to engage ourselves in them and understand them will help us in winning the battle for the mind, help us in gaining a victory in our thought life. Now, let me say that a number of these points are not what we would consider to be practical points. 
their thinking points, their points of understanding. You see, if you're going to win the battle for the mind, it's not something you must do, it's something you must think. You see? Oftentimes we want application. You know, give me application. That was a good message, but where's the application? What can I do? Well, you see, if the battle is centered in my thinking, in my thought life, then what is most important is what you think. It's what you understand that will necessarily guide, if you think right, what you do. And so these five points are, for the most part, generated around what you are to think. First, it's this. We must desire to win this battle. We must desire not to give in to sin, to win the moral battle that internally takes place in our lives. We have to have a desire to do that. There is no sense in wanting to engage in this battle. There's no sense in even believing that you will ever win this moral battle of the mind if you do not desire to win it. The psalmist made a declaration, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And there was a statement of determination and desire. It's very simple to see. I've been told that the last stage of starvation is when a person is no longer hungry. It's when the person no longer has an appetite. And at that stage of starvation, he simply lies down in the road or wherever he is and begins to die. He's given up. And there is something worse than the moral battle that we go through. There is something worse than our sense of guilt at failing and not doing the right thing at times. There's something worse than the desire to do what is pleasing to God. There's something worse than the moral battle that we fight with. It's when the language of morality is taken away from us. And it's when we no longer have a desire to do what is right. It is when we become apathetic to winning the battle. The danger of taking away the language of morality is it somehow signals to us that there's no longer a need to fight the battle. And the minute we have no longer a resolve to win the battle of morality, to do what is right, the more we have our understanding of right and wrong confused. And we throw our hands up and say, well, listen, I just don't want to fight this battle. Well, at that point, you're destined to lose it. The person who gave the testimony here in this verse, Psalm 119.11, was an individual who wanted to triumph over the issue of sin, the issue of morality and immorality in his life. He wanted to win the moral battle for the mind. So first, you have to desire to win this battle. You will not win it if you're apathetic. Second one is this. You know what? I trust that most of you, almost all of you, want to. If you ever find yourself becoming apathetic, you recognize that this is an inroad of the enemy trying to gnaw away and chew away at the support and cause you to fail and stumble in this battle. He is making a strategic battle at the point of your will. Shake it off and determine to win the battle. The second one is this. We need to see, if we are to win this battle, that something must be done. We need to understand that something has to happen. If we are to win this battle, something different, something unusual, something extra, something unique, something pointed and exact must be done to win the battle, or we will continue to sin. We will continue to fail in the struggle to live morally congruent lives. Now, the psalmist said this, Your word have I hidden my heart. I have done something, you see, that I might not sin against you. It's, it's as if the author was saying this, Now I knew, I know that if I do not do something, I will sin against you. So I've done something in order that I might not sin against you. I will lose this battle unless something is done. We do not live on a neutral plane. Our lives are not spent in a neutral environment. There is a war going on around us, 
Paul did not say that the Christian life was a life of peace and serenity. Paul said, I fight the good fight of faith. There's a battle constantly going around us, but we can choose to make it a good fight. But we have to determine that something needs to be done. We have to understand that it's not as though everything is going to work out for the best. Don't worry about it. Don't worry, be happy. It's all going to come together. You don't have any worries. Just trust your instincts. Go with the flow and it'll be okay. The psalmist says, no, no. I know that there are too many influences in the world around me. There are too many influences pressing against me. I know that I'm a moral creature and I know that there's a struggle for my morality and I am going to do something. I'm going to do something in order that I might not sin against God. What are the pressures against us? Well, there is an external pressure. The external pressure is told to us, explained to us in Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and authorities of this present darkness and against spiritual armies in heavenly places. See, Satan and his cohorts are against you. 2 Corinthians 4 says that Satan is in the business of blinding men's minds in order that they might not see the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. Satan is in the business of seeking to cast a shadow over the minds of men, the battle for the mind, you see, in order that they might not know God or know God's will for their life or know the testimony of what God has done for them in order that they might live a life as God had created them to live. And this is the battle that Satan is engaged in. And with Satan attacking us, and Satan and all his cohorts attacking us, not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and legions and armies of demonic forces, this is what the Bible says is taking place right now. Right now, influencing your thought life. You cannot afford to do nothing. We understand we have to do something. But not only is there this external force pressing us, but there is an internal force pressing us as well. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 18 to 20, that it was out of our own hearts that proceeded evil thoughts. It was out of our own hearts that murders rose up, that adultery rose up, that theft rose up. Now listen, Jesus was not describing the life of a gangster or the heart of a gangster. He was not describing the heart of a gang member or somebody who was in a penitentiary or a convict in a penitentiary. Jesus Christ was declaring what is at the essence and the central of every heart of every man and every woman. And internally, there is the pressure rising up within it that causes it to be pushed towards areas, murderous thoughts and adulterous thoughts and thoughts of thievery and thoughts of evil. And all these things rise up internally from within us. So look, if I have within me the internal force of all these things, and this is what God has said is true, and I have outside of me the external force of all of Satan and his cohorts trying to influence me to win the battle of the mind, then you must understand, and I must understand, and we must determine, we must decide, we must come to this thought that something has to be done. This is something that cannot be dealt with in the normal course of the day. Something unusual or extraordinary must be done in order to win the battle of the mind, the battle for morality. Third is this. We must recognize that this battle is fought at the core of our being. Something must be done. 
and it must be done at the very heart of who I am and who you and I are. It must address the very core, the inner workings of what we are, the inner man, our inner lives, our inner thought life. It must be addressed here at the command center, you see. It's not simply a change in our habits. It's not simply a change in our environment. It's not simply addressing it in the issue of external pressures. But it's in our hearts. It's in our thoughts. It's here. It's at the point of our inner life where sin makes its play, where Satan tries to win the battle, where the battle is raging and going on within each and every one of us. And it is here where the battle must be fought. And so the psalmist says, Thy word have I hid in my heart the very core of where I am. Now, oftentimes we're told this, that the problems with our lives and the problem with the world are all the results of external things, and they must be addressed at that level. This means that religious rituals, this means that culture, this means that education, higher salary, better economic outlook, new suit of clothes, new relationships, better health, healthier diets, that none of these external conditions ultimately will do. None of these things will help us. This is not the something that must be done. Get the man a new suit of clothes. Get that person out of that environment. Get that person on a healthier diet. Get that person a job. So get off the streets. Ultimately, none of these things will help us win the battle of the mind. Oh, it might be able to sustain the peace outwardly, but internally, and in demonic realms, the battle will still be going on. If the battle is to be won, it must be won at the heart. It must be won inside you and I. It must be won at the very core of who we are. It must be won by taking something and applying it and bringing it inside of us. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about the Bread of Life ministry, go to breadoflifeboise.org. There you can also contact us with requests for this or other messages. Please join us in our next broadcast. Until then, may God bless you.